0: Catholic, but they were just sharing that in their church life they walk in and they walk out they don't know anyone there you know they they just don't have a relationship with anyone there and and i think in so many churches we just do church we can get caught up just doing church and we come in and we go out because that's what we do because we love god but it becomes a routine and we miss the part of it that god so wants us to be a part of and that's his family and doing life with one another So I want to say thank you, thank you. Not just for coming on a Sunday, thank you for doing life with each other. Thank you for helping each other. Thank you for praying for one another. Thank you for being there. Thank you for shouldering other people's burdens. you know, Because when someone has something that they're carrying that's so overwhelming that they can't help, but they need to, because otherwise it tears them up on the inside to be able to share it without condemnation and shame. So that you 're just there, so that you can pray so that you can offer your advice, what you may have done or what you have done, like there 's just something so brilliantly extraordinary supernatural in the way that we 're able to do life together because Jesus is a focus so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you thank you don 't ever stop making him the focus don 't ever walk away I mean we all have seasons, but don 't ever walk away from any church that you 're involved with that you 're part of family with because someone's upset you actually see them and talk to them and if you need to forgive them whether they're in the wrong or not and vice versa because that's what jesus has done for us yeah when we were totally separated from him he still forgave us anyway that's that's for free i just wanted to share that because the the worship this morning i can just sit in that place it's the words it's the lyrics it's not just the singing you know um there's just some real life in those words you're you know what were one of the lines you're my light in the darkness you're my hope <laughs> when I'm feeling far from home and there is just such a beauty in Jesus there's such a beauty in being able to do life with one another because when we're feeling like that I can actually reach out knowing that someone will be the light and help me in that place of darkness that when i have no hope i can catch up with someone speak to someone ring someone text someone and they will offer words of life that then fill me with hope again yeah man the christian life there is nothing like it anywhere no club no other faith there is nothing like walking with jesus hand in hand side by side together anyway amen father have your way today (laughs) In the message, we pray. Ah, last week, I pray and hope and trust that our hearts are beating again for Jesus. You know, there was a, a... Actually, Chris, perfect time. Share the picture that you just shared with me five seconds ago in the same length of time. <laughs> Did I turn it off? I did, I'm sorry. My fault. Don't, don't blame Chris, blame me. Or if you don't want to blame me because I'm the pastor, blame the sound, guys.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> 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 like, he's COVID free, okay?
1: Yeah, believe me. Um, <laughs> we're singing how Jesus is our light in the darkest hour, and I was r- reminded, for a start, I sang that hitchhiking up from Hobart to Ballarat. And when you need hope, Jesus is who you look to. Um, But I was reminded of a vision that I had in a dictatorial regime called the People's Republic of China, where I was a missionary for nine years. And one day I was praying with a group of underground believers and I saw a picture of the map of China filled with darkness and all of a sudden these pinpricks of light like candles started to appear and then those candles began to join and then they began to brighten a city and then more and more until the whole of that dark communist place, atheistic opposed to the gospel place, became full of light. How does that relate to us well that's our prayers that's our worship that's our devotional reading and pastor andrew was talking about the needs in the church and the terminal illnesses and that light your candles because that is the altar of incense in the in the scriptures thanks man yeah come on so you and
0: i we are we are those little flickers of light we are and And last week, the whole idea of last week was that the things of God would become alive to us and in us. And if the things of God are alive in us, our candles are lit. And if our candles are lit, I really love the picture when he shared it with me, you know, 10 minutes ago. Because the idea for me is regardless of numbers, if our candles are lit, it creates more light. And the more light we shine, the more light that others catch, yeah? And then it spreads. And so, you know, family, life, church, let's keep... Let's keep our, our our flame fan. Let's keep our light alight. You know, let's keep flickering that light for others that are around us to see. Amen. Because the world is so messed up at the moment, it is the perfect time for the children of God to be alive in Him. Like it really is the perfect time. We may be contrary to everything that's happening in the world, everything that they're now considering to be normal, but that's okay. Like it's totally okay. The things that I wore as a teenager, people won't wear now. And so I don't have to agree with people's fashion sense and they don't have to agree with mine. That's okay. It's okay to have a different opinion to someone else, particularly when we're standing on the things of God, when they're alive to us and in us. And it's a perfect time for all of God's people to be alive, more so to be awake in Him, to be awake in Him, living in power. You know, I finished last week and I'm not... I'm not going to go over last week because I think we finished really well, but I, I wanted to use this as a catapult for what I wanted to talk about today. But I finished last week with 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. I was talking about power. And it reads, Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. Because then we opened the altar and we prayed, if you remember. And with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction, you know how we lived among you for your sake. So the gospel, the things that should be alive in us, is yes, it's the word, but it's not just the word the very first song that we sang oh man that was the lyrics of that song was so on the money there is power that's alive inside of you and i there is power that comes from god you know and 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 it's not just words it's power from the holy spirit it's a deep conviction and that's why the thessalonian church in just three weeks with paul they were totally transformed totally transformed because the word came to them in power and with deep conviction and so the people that were there just gravitated to it and they believed it you and i we've got to believe the word yeah we've got to believe it we believe that a seat will hold our weight so we sit on it if you had any doubt at all most of us would probably relent from sitting on that seat because we don't want to fall in the presence of everybody else is that fair enough yeah You believe that the water out of the tap here in Ballarat will not kill you, that it'll be okay. If you thought for a moment that it would cause you harm, you wouldn't drink it. We've got to believe, believe in the word of God and let it go deep down into our soul because how has the gospel come to you and I? It's come to us with power. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that lives inside of you and I. And I mean... You know, we worship, we come together. Some of us weep, yeah. Some of us don't, that's okay. Some of us, you know, uh, have this dramatic, life changing, altering moment, just like that. Whereas others, it's a gradual thing. The most important thing, though, is to know that the gospel comes in power, regardless of how it is expressed through us, yeah. It comes in power with a deep conviction. You know, has the Lord let our hearts? stop beating or are they beating again weren't we once dead in our sins dead 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 but he gave us life he brought our hearts back to life our hearts should be and always be beating for him totally beating for him there's a a quote it's an anonymous quote no one knows who wrote it they've just recorded it i love those you got this quote anonymous great but it obviously i like it You can put my name next to it. No one knows who the real person is. May as well be me. If you don't like it, pick someone else. But the quote is, Paul didn't rely on his excellent hermeneutics, his knowledge of homiletics, his first-class education, his mastery of the original languages, his natural eloquence, or his powerful personality. It was not his outlines, his illustrations, or his sincerity, but the spectacular results in the train of his preaching came because of the Holy Spirit. From start to finish, everything about Christianity is supernatural. Everything about Christianity is supernatural. If you speak to someone that in your life has a faith, but they're telling you that the Spirit of God's dead today, that, it, that they're a sensationist, that the Holy Spirit was just for then, not for now, they're your friend. Slap them hard, they'll forgive you. Yeah, because what a ridiculous thought everything about christianity is supernatural and for you and i all of our efforts they'll come to nothing if we don't have the power of the holy spirit moving through us amen so that's our basis now we'll jump into the sermon (laughs) we're going to continue with first thessalonians and i want to jump straight into chapter two because last week we were looking mainly around chapter one now chapter two you know brothers and sisters that our visit to you was not without results some versions will say not without faith there was no failure yeah we had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in philippi as you know but with the help of our god we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition for the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives nor are we trying to trick you Man, I, I, I so love that passage of scripture, the Holy Spirit, place a blessing right there. There's a quote from someone you do know, and funnily enough, we were playing, we had a little bit of um, some banter this morning during our practice, and they played a couple of chords that was definitely a Beatles song. But George Harrison, Beatles guitarist, wrote these lyrics. Even though his life went off that way, he was a, an extremely deep man, and he wrote these lyrics it's easier to tell a lie than it is to tell the truth it's easier to kill a fly than to turn it loose it's easier to criticize somebody else than to see yourself and we're here in chapter 2 yeah of thessalonians where paul last week in chapter 1 he's telling us of the the wonderful journey the thessalonians have made and what the great work and now we're in chapter 2 and people are pointing the finger they're criticizing so it's for me it's really clear in this passage that after laying the foundation of how wonderful the Holy Spirit moved in in, in Thessalonia that people now have started you know they're getting converted but now in chapter 2 he's actually responding to these critics he's responding to those that were around him that wanted to point the finger but he responds in such a way he actually shows us the heart of a leader he shows us the heart of a believer you know i don't put titles on my messages i do for online and stuff like that i never share them out loud but but if we're going to a focus a theme today is the heartbeat of a not a not a leader not a believer but a leader believer yeah because it's one in the same you and i are all priests of god that means we're actually all leaders when it comes to our faith yeah Now, it's the problems that were in the church that often led to the Word of God being, you know, written. That's the reason that the epistles were written because, you know, as, as people did life, problems arose and so the men of God in that day gave instruction. This is how you work through it. That's how the Scriptures came to life. And here Paul is taking this criticism and I actually reckon he's taking it really well. I don't. If you speak to Mel, she would suggest I don't respond to criticism well. I think I respond to it exceptionally well. I just put it to death, right? She says that's not a good response. So we we're, we're even in that. We're still tug of warring. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. But Paul is actually dealing with it really well because Paul himself tells us that he's the chief of sinners. So what he's actually discovered is that he doesn't have to defend himself. What he's discovered is the best thing to do when people are criticizing you, he actually has a deep, hard look at himself. He repents of any of his wrongdoings. He repents of any of his sins, if you prefer that word. And so Paul himself has a really healthy view of himself. And now he's got this opportunity that he can fight back like I probably would or he can rise above the temptation the temptation of being defensive the, the temptation of being self-absorbed or being caught in self-pity you know there's a, a show on tv that samuel and i love to watch called suits yeah it's lawyers and stuff and, and good good show we like it right And one of the characters in it his name's lewis Litt. he's one of the lawyers he looks like a hamster like he does he just does he looks like a hamster Anyway, in this particular couple of shows, Lewis does something that's really wrong, and he sort of half realizes it's wrong, and he goes away. And he, you know, like people do different things. If mel's stressed, he loves to have a spa. If I'm stressed, I want to jump on the Xbox. If Lewis is stressed, he goes muddy, warm pools of mud, and he lays in mud. Looks like chocolate. He lays in mud. Apparently, that's a thing around places people go muddy anyway dumbfounds me in this show and the reason i'm bringing it up is his employer jessica comes to see him because she's no longer angry with him because it's all been you know worked out and she comes to see him and she goes obviously you you've seen the error of your ways and on and he's in this tub of mud and he's like i'm so sorry jessica and she utters these words she says this she goes "Lewis," you know she's smiling you know, and she goes, Lewis, you, you're not the, the most self aware person. You're not. But when someone holds up a mirror to you, you are courageous enough and brave enough to look into it. Yeah? You and I, we have to be self aware so that we can be self governing. And, and, and if we do say something that's not right or someone's criticizing us, like Paul, let's not become defensive. Instead, let's own it and rise above it yeah how does Paul respond what does he do he, he lays out this brilliant declaration almost like a, like a manifesto if you will yeah of what leadership and the Christian life is all about now smack in the middle of this chapter his, his opponents they're criticising him they find it really hard to understand how it could be possible for someone to actually live for Jesus and have pure motives because that's why he has to, def, in, in his letter, he says, we didn't come to you in error or with impure motives. So they believe he has impure motives. They can't believe that someone can live for Jesus and have pure motives. But Paul's heart is actually beating. It's alive. It's a flickering flame for Jesus, yeah? And that may well be our life. It could be, it actually could be anyone's life in here, anyone that's watching or listening it at home, You're living for Jesus, you've got pure motives, but there are people around you, people in your life, people in your family that are suspicious of you. They just want your money, you know? Suspicious of the church. They don't really know God, they don't really trust you because you know God. They actually believe that you've got impure motives. What often happens is this. If you're a manipulative person, you actually believe that everyone around you is out to manipulate. If you're a constant liar, you actually believe that everyone around you, every time they speak, is lying. That's actually how it works. And Paul shows us that it's possible to live completely for Jesus. And I'm hear me, Family Life Church. We got to be sold out and live completely for Jesus. This isn't an old school message from 1950 where they had two or three services in a day. It's for today because the world is out of control. Because for, you, for me anyway, the Christians aren't standing up. Not that we have to be vocal and tear people down. We've got to learn how to love people, but it's because we're not living for Jesus. Because when they see the light and he is love, they are attracted to that. What does the heartbeat of a healthy Christian look like? What does what a healthy culture look like? It says in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Thessalonians, You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. Yeah. Chapter 2, I've said earlier, is totally, totally in reference to everything that was happening in chapter 1. And having seen how the Thessalonians were born spiritually, Paul then says this wasn't a waste. This actually is not a waste. This was a success. These people came to know Jesus. This was a success, even though there were critics that were saying it didn't work, it was a waste of time. The first thing we see in that answer, in that verse alone, is that you know what? As Christians, as leaders, we're concerned for right results because Paul defends it. He goes, Don't tell me it was a waste of my time or our time. That's not true it was actually right these people came to faith so we've got to be concerned for right results spiritual leaders spiritual people have a sense of 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 a measurement within the kingdom of god you know there's let's face it there's no result that's greater than someone coming to the lord for the first time yeah are we all in agreement there like seriously amen being made alive in him and then following jesus like this there's, there's nothing that is more exciting that you, if you're going to catch someone doing something i'm going to use this word but it's not the right word but it is the fun word doing stupid stuff for jesus you know like, i can't believe you did that like are you mad are you serious what were you thinking it's those that have just come to faith always because as we walk with him all of a sudden we become a bit more measured and a bit more logical and we don't step out in areas of faith like we used to but when someone grabs the lord for the first time they do stuff you think you're insane dude you're going to what country you're doing what you shared your faith where you You gave away what what did you burn you burn all your records why oh because there was some demonic lyrics know anyone that's ever done that man there's nothing there's no greater result than someone coming to the lord for the first time and, and and when it's multiplied, when it's multiplied, in other words, it's not just one person, but it's but there's many turning to Jesus, that, that's a movement. Then now we've got a revival. And that's what was happening in, in, in the early church in Acts chapter 2. That's what was happening to the Thessalonians. A number, it says, a number came to the Lord. This is a movement. This is a revival that's happening. I mean, that would have been so, so sweet. That's a sweet result. And, and the Bible, it's not shy. To give us numbers, to give us results, yeah. Don't we talk about the three thousand that were baptized? Don't we talk about the five thousand in church? One hundred and fifty-six, like precise fish that were caught. The ten lepers that were healed. The one that came back. The the, the five thousand that were fed. The Bible actually gives us numbers, gives us results. You know, sometimes as a church, we do that as well. How many people are in our friendship groups? Oh, that's not working how many people go to the prayer meeting oh they mustn't love jesus you know i'm just having a joke here yeah but we do that because we're trying to work out what's working what's not working because there needs to be some measurable results you know to to capture someone's faith even us we're part of churches of christ churches of christ big tab every year this where's jen jen loves this it's her favorite time of year they give us a census to do they want to know how many members are in your church, how many are over eighteen, how many baptisms are you cat? What's the average income? How many are watching online? How long do they watch online for? How many get? You know what? Oh my godzilla, get a life! Like I hate it. Half the time I get last year's and copy it. So <laughs> we're going to get that off the video, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like they, because there's results. They want to know that the church is healthy. They want to know that, that it's being looked after. They want to know that it's not dying, that, that it has a flicker, a flame that's alight. They want to know that and they want to see that. But there's one occasion in John 6. John, John, the, the book of love. Yeah, If you're talking about any of the Gospels, if I lead anyone to read a book when they first come to the Lord, it's, it's John. But in John... This is where Jesus really lays out the commitment that's needed to be one of his followers. And then we have you're going to love this. John 6:66. 6, it's like the antichrist verse. Like seriously, John 6:66. 6, 6, 6. The Bible says that at that point many people stopped following Jesus. From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Why? Because Jesus just laid out some of the conditions a following in what they were and they were tough and and, and the churches of Christ and, and, and the AOGs and the church experts at the time and the church church growth guys they would have said this denomination of Jesus it's dead it's definitely dead the people Jesus people are now finished because they were huge but now they're getting smaller not seeker sensitive. Let me tell you something. Jesus was only just beginning. He was only just beginning. They came down to the smallest number. And then he was crucified. And then he rose again. Yeah? And then he was no longer dead and he's alive. Because sometimes, before a great blessing takes place, there's got to be death and resurrection. Sometimes, hear me, sometimes there has to be death and resurrection before the blessing of God can be poured out upon our life or someone's life the thessalonians only had three sabbaths with paul and some were clearly mocking the church saying this has come to nothing do you know that probably the easiest sport to get involved with today has to be church bashing that's the easiest sport jump online it's the easiest sport to get involved with church bashing and i guarantee you I, this I, i've learned this from experience that it is much harder to build a church than it is to bash a church. After 12 years, I can say that faithfully. Oh, look, look what they're doing. No, no. (laughs) They're not wrong. They're just different. Much, much harder to build a church than what it is to bash a church. I think it's really important that we look at ourselves and we have to ask ourselves, is my heart beating for Jesus? Like, is my heart beating for Jesus... Do I have a quiet time with him? Am I, am I, am I serving? Am I? Do I do I actually have a serving spirit? Is my speech is it edifying? Am I praying for a chance to share the gospel? Am I truly loving and making things better? Paul says our time with you was not without results. It wasn't a failure. And you and I, we've got to be careful that we don't ultimately let human results become our ultimate identity i often say with churches of christ in our census and when we're face to face because they want to see you know church movements and bodies want to see growth and our church we're not a big church we're a church of seriously 70 80 people we could drop to 40 we could be up to 100 it all depends on what's happening and if everyone comes on the same day we haven't smashed 150 number nor have we smashed the 200 number yeah so my argument with them is always this please don't try to count the growth of the people in the church because i've got people in this church that are much hungrier than any of those that are in that church with 300 yeah it's not about the bums on seats so that would be nice enough bums on seats we can finally get rid of these peach seats and get real ones i know they've served their purpose they keep our butts comfortable but hey something in blue or dark gray would be much better from a you know you know just an interior point of view wouldn't it like if anyone's saying no, we have to have a talk later. Okay. No matter how big or small Family Life Church is or will be, God has given us a role to play in this community. He has, he's given us a role. We are like no other church in Ballarat. We all believe in Jesus. We all believe He died and He rose again. But I'm telling you, we are like no other church. In Ballarat, praise God for that. I don't want to be like in Joy Church, and I love Mike and his wife, and I love what they do. I don't want to be like York Street and and Tim and event. I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be like one to one. I don't. I want us to have our own identity, that we would be a house, a, a, a truly a safe haven for all people, that they would come to this place broken, where they can be restored and revealed. Yeah, we are our own identity. We have a core in this place. So it's important, it's vital even that we live for God, that we keep our flame alight. Yeah, It's so important because if that flame goes out, that means the prophetic destiny that's on this house, people that need it, people that are running down the river and about to be shot off into our church as the water goes that way, if no one's here, who's going to care for them? Who's going to look after them? Who's actually going to reach out to them? It's important that we are alive, sold out for Jesus. It's so easy to think that our role isn't important, to reject it even, yeah? Because we're not big. Flip it, heck. Jesus had 12. One of them was a rat bag that I'd probably kick if he was laying down. After I took the money back. (laughs) but we're all part of the body and the bible says we do not labor in vain so our ministry the thessalonian ministry is not without results amen the gospel was becoming known in all of greece because of them it was becoming known everywhere because of them the thessalonian influence was everywhere so it was not not only was it not without results it was actually a great blessing do you know there are people that are hungry waiting to come to church? I was sharing with Mel, and I'm just making sure. Um, I went and gave some blood during the week. I went, I went to see a doctor. Oh, so not helpful. So not helpful. He goes, what brings you here? I haven't seen you for ages, Andrew. And uh, he's a Christian. And uh, I said, I'm concerned about my weight. And he said, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, dude... <laughs> I go like hello whether I'm paying or bulk billing I came here so you could do something about it hello like like just just not helpful I don't even know why I'm sharing that I was going somewhere we're all part of the body (laughs) I don't need a mud bath that's for sure (laughs) no matter what church you and I are a part of Never let anyone say that your church is nothing. Like the Thessalonian church, we are, they are, not nothing. We are, they are something, amen. And they're fulfilling the call of God in their life. And and, and I believe God is working in this place. And we've had great days here. And we will have great days here. And may look different. He may actually be different. But if we're obedient to Father God, we can be sure he'll do great things, amen. Anyway, what what are these worthwhile results? And they're all here in, in, in the chapter. Some of them are in chapter 1, some chapter 2, but 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter 3, from last week, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just, I said it last week. I need to say it again this week. Service, work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope. Spiritual leaders, spiritual believers, Christian people, ministers of the gospel, members of a church, they're aware that service is vital when it comes to kingdom measure. I can guarantee you this, and, and I can't remember the exact, the exact stats. Was, I think it was around 87% or something like that. I think it was at least that high. But they say that people within the first six months, if they're serving within a church, 87% stay and within the first six months those that don't serve farewell so long goodbye you know sorry six friends Friends. 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 yes absolutely that's why it's important that we walk and talk with one another so how are we doing you know well we want to know how many people come to this or that but I tell you what if we're serving the Lord that's a great result full stop but character character is important for you and I in the thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 you became imitators of us in the lord you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the holy spirit and so you became a model to all the believers in macedonia and archaea christian character is vital it's a vital result if you and i are growing if people can't see a difference in us that needs to be a result yeah if i'm the same today as when i got saved yes i'm the same person yes i'm the same larrikin yes i tell cleaner jokes yeah but if i've not changed somewhere if my heart is not sold out to jesus then that could be a failure but if we're going to walk and talk with him then we've changed our characters change we become more and more like jesus don't we you know um, that's why i was talking about the doctor because the harvest because of our character you've got to get this the harvest is plentiful and the labour is a few so I, I go to the doctor he's not very helpful I wanted a magic pill he didn't offer me that like hello you know come on there must be a magic pill to lose weight if someone says exercise again I'll give them a magic pill anyway um, anyway so I have to go and get all these bloods done yeah I go to get all these bloods done and there was this lovely lady and I'm sure her name was Jessica she's been in Ballarat for about 12 months you know She's from Melbourne, um, but from overseas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, got a little bit of an accent, and and we got talking, and I said, "Oh, you one, you've only been here for 12 months. You must hate the cold." She goes, "Oh, my goodness, my husband, he, he's Welsh, but born in Australia," and he, he says to her, "Where have you brought me?" <laughs> like seriously, I'm sure that Mel was thinking that in the first 12 months we were here when we had the coldest heaters breaking down, where, where have you brought me? You may as well have gone to the Antarctic, it's so cold here, you know? And I said, oh, wow, so 12 months, you hate the cold? My wife hates the cold, because we've only been here 12 months. Oh, so you're not originally from here? No, what brought you here? I'm glad you asked. I actually minister at a church. Really? Yeah, I minister Where's the church. And I told her, she goes, you know what, we're Christians, but we haven't found a church yet. We haven't been to a church and so we start talking i start talking about gary morgan because he's welsh her husband's welsh she gets our phone number gets our address they're going to come and visit you know what because the harvest is ready the labor is a few but our character has to be right if i was a shapebag, bag yeah if i was a doofus yeah if i wasn't very nice when i was there would she be interested in our church would she be interested in the jesus that i'm sharing character is really really important you know, there's the vision, the Thessalonian church. It was all about Greece. It was all about everywhere. It was about their community, the nation, the world. It should be for us too. It's about the suburb we live in, the streets we live in, the schools that our kids are in, the schools that we attend. It's our sphere of influence. Because I don't know about you, but I hope you can say amen. I believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? It's the blood of Jesus lost its power. No way. Is the Holy Spirit gone to sleep? No. Not in this place. No way. Jesus is alive, and if that's the case, then as a spiritual leader, each and every one of us is, true believers pay the price. We flat out pay the price. Look what, look what Paul says in verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2, we had previously suffered. He's actually referring to Acts chapter 16, because the Thessalonian. Thessalonian church wasn't born until Acts 17, right? And it reads, the whole of verse 2 reads, We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. There's three references of pain just in that one verse suffering, being treated outrageously, and the Greek actually breaks down to insulted and suffering abuse and strong opposition john phillips says they were made of sterner stuff than to be turned aside from the mission from the likes of beatings and bonds their hearts were beating for jesus they were going to ensure that their little light yeah so that it could join with everybody else's was going to stay alight. what does that mean for us what does it mean for pastors for ministers for staff for deacons for elders for leaders for volunteers for humble servants what does it mean it means for you and i church we pay the price we pay the price let your hearts beat for jesus again and if you cannot pay the price i'm gonna oh here we go dig a hole i'm gonna question whether your heart's beating for jesus if you cannot pay the price whatever that price might be whatever it is that god's called you to It means that on our difficult days, it means that in our pers- it means that sometimes our personal preferences won't always be met. It it, it means being last in line sometimes. It, it means staying a little longer, trying a little harder. This is not about our salvation. Please don't don't confuse this stuff, yeah. It, it it's got nothing to do, it's it's got everything to do with our faith. It's got everything to do with our love for Jesus. And I'm not talking about works. I'm not even talking about that. When I'm with my daughter, Brooke, who will one day listen to this, and my son-in-law, Joe, you know, you can't talk about Jesus in their home because Joe doesn't like it. As much as I honour that, I don't honour that. You Something I want got to pay the price. Joe, you're raising my grandson. I want him raised in the things of God. So, yeah, I, I, I will throw... Throw a little flame out there for you guys to put out after I leave. Absolutely, <gasps> you shouldn't do that. You're a pastor. You should be bringing them close together. I am bringing them closer together in G- Jesus' name. Yeah, and we're willing, 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 willing to pay the price because we believe we've received the pearl of great price. Yeah, It's what the Bible says, doesn't it? And because we have that precious treasure in our lives, man, I don't know about you, but we're willing to give what it, whatever it takes to see that treasure manifest in others that's paul's life that became the thessalonian way of living willing to pay the price for you and i if if i was to pose this question what are we we should be able to answer we are a people who are willing to pay the price for jesus you know (laughs) secretly deep down inside i'm hoping this is nothing like john chapter 6 verse 66 when everybody but a few walked out of the building and said that sounds too hard for me i'm out of here please let's not make this a john 66 day it's not about that but god always calls us up and he calls us higher the children of israel didn't didn't want to be around god because his voice was too loud and so moses goes up to the mountain where the still small voices and joshua is halfway up the reason you've got people down here joshua halfway up and moses all the way up there is because god is always calling us up always calling us up he's never going to leave us there that's not where he he doesn't want to have to yell down there hey hey guys it's god oh no i'm afraid did you hear that because the closer you get to god it's almost like an oxymoron the closer you get to God, the louder he is. But the closer you get to God, the quieter he is because he doesn't have to yell anymore. Now he can use his still small voice. No, no, this, this is a group. This is a family. A family shoulders each other's pain. A family carries each other's burdens. A family is willing to pay the price for him and for each other. You know, maybe it's time for some new and fresh ways to make a difference. I don't know. But when we do, when that time comes, just know that there's going to be others pointing the finger, saying, hypocrites, that was a waste. You busted your chops for them. Well, that didn't work out too well. There's always going to be those. But we live in an untrusting world. And I love the fact that Paul Paul was simply sincere because then he points out that as Christian believers... There's a sincerity about us. Because it, it, it reads in verses, um, in, in verses 3 and 5 of ch- uh, chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians, for the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. And if we jump to verse 5, you know we were never, never use flattery, nor do we put a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. Because, let, let's face it, by the way, flattery, flattery says things that are untrue, Yeah? encouragement says things that are true so let's be encouragers let's let's point out and pick out the things that are true and express them because all flattery does it makes stuff up that's what flattery does you know we read that there are those that put on a mask you know we never use flattery nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed god is our witness what happens when there's insincerity the f- things don't match up you ever spoken to someone and they're speaking words but you're looking at their face and you go S- something's not quite something's NQR here something out of date about this conversation yeah there's some ingredient here that's going to have me you know have an anaphylactic you know fit in a moment there's something just not right if I let this get in Paul, Paul was sincere you know there were six things that Paul was accused of, and none of them were true. And I generally think that people who make accusations generally themselves are susceptible to those things. You know, Paul was accused of error, impure motives, trickery, flattery, putting on a mask, and greed. They're all in that, those verses. And so they think the apostle Paul had to had to have all of those things. But you know, you know what I know that it's actually possible to act and live without those things in our lives when Jesus is our head, you know? Why don't we stand? We're at a minute. I'm not even close to finish. I'm having such fun at the moment. Yeah, let's go here. I'm going to skip that. Jump here, go there. Verse six says we give glory to God. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse six. Yeah? So this is talking to this is Paul showing us the way a Christian leader, the way a Christian believer lives. And this particular passage reads, We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anything else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. What he's saying is we're not looking for praise to people. Take your praise. Take your praise. Give it to Him. We don't need it. You don't have to thank us. It's not by our power. Don't, don't, don't bring that to us. Give it to Him, yeah? So for us as, as believers, it's really important that we make it a priority to worship God. You and I, we have to make it a priority to worship. Oh, men don't like to sing. Worship our whole life. Oh, flipping heck, you're not worshiping with your whole life if you can't sing for 15 minutes. If 15 minutes, killing you, good luck out there for the rest of the week yeah like let's 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 just put it out there if everyone in our church family came to church think about it they they were so sold out to jesus and everyone came all of the time that that and, and because worship was a priority we want to bring our worshiping hearts with the worshiping hearts of everyone else you know what we would probably as a board have to think oh i wonder if we should do two services if everyone came all on the same day that'd be an awesome issue to have i don't want to have that i'd like to have that issue not have that issue you've got to give room for the holy spirit and blah blah a lot of stuff to consider anyway right the, it, we have to be people that give priority to worship if we made it a priority to bring our friends all of the time all of the time yeah whenever we meet them to invite them hey you know i've invited you've invited me thousands of times i know you've never come when are you actually going to pay up on your friendship and come along one day yeah like, I've been your friend for like 15 years, I've invited you, you've never come. You know, I've been to your place, gone to the football with you, gone to the gym with you, gone to the soccer with you, we've done this and done that, but you've never once come to church with me, seriously. Is that how much our friendship means? It doesn't take much to say that, does it? It's not even rude, if you say it with a smile on your face. We've got to make worship a priority. I, I-, I love this, because... The house of God is a, is a house that worships, that gives glory to him. When we gather together, what did we do this morning? We sang, didn't we? We, we flat out, we sang. Brother, sing to the Lord. Sister, sing to the Lord. We, we sing like the greatest, the greatest words every week, don't we? Man, I'm going to mess something up for people now. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Because you've got a line inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So I throw out my hands and I praise you again and again because all I have is a hallelujah. You've adopted me into your family of saints. You've breathed healing fire and it's roaring through my veins. You have unwritten all my past. Now I stand here unashamed. Do you know what? We, We sing some of the most glorious words. To our glory is God. And I can take you to places, and even in this house, where people can't open their mouth to sing those words. Those words are written about my God, your God. How can we not be a place that worships? Yes, it's our whole life, but it's our adoration. It's like I don't, I've got no problem saying, God, I love you in public. People will tell their wives, their girlfriends, their husbands, But you ask, why don't you just tell God that you love him out loud? I'm in church, I can't do that. It's supposed to be quiet. No, no, no. I know that's not all of us, that we're not all extroverted, but you know what? If you can tell your husband out loud, your wife out loud, your kids out loud, if you can barrack for them at the football when they're running down the field, surely in a house that's safe, you can go, Lord, I love you. You know what I love doing? I love going to churches that are quiet and while they're worshipping, yelling, I love you, Jesus. Because I want to disrupt the religiousness in that place. To say, man, my God is not stale. He's alive. He's well. Brother, sing. Sing, sing. You know, Amen. Sing and warm and warm. This is not criticism. Please, 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 family life church. It is solely commentary and I know what it's like sometimes because sometimes life is hard sometimes stuff is really tough but come prepared come willing to be humble don't worry about what anyone else thinks about you just worship and sing if you're going to stand there you may as well sing Yeah. lift your hand a little bit the Bible says 1 Timothy 2.8 in every place of worship I want men, and that's talking about humans, yeah? I want men, humans, male and female, to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. So this is how we're going to finish. Church, let's just try that. Lift your hands. Go on. Some of you are probably going to start laughing in a minute. The Bible says without arguing, isn't it? isn't it good just to be able to do that like just to be able to do that just to lift your hands come prepared be enthusiastic be enthusiastic be enthusiastic i want us to sing that that first song i want us to go out with a hallelujah praise can we do that wherever our worship team is wherever you're hiding Church, you and I, we are childlike we're not childish, we're childlike and sometimes doing something again may seem childish but one thing I've learned about children they don't mind watching the same video again grandparents, you've noticed that? like I grew up Man, I, I knew every wiggle song known to man. You know, if you go back even further, I knew every Salty, the songbook song. I knew every, the donut man. So I did my head in. You got into a car, you're going on a five-hour drive, and all you could listen to was those songs again. The fact that I'm still alive is a miracle because kids don't mind doing things again because they're childlike. You and I in our worship have to be childlike so this morning church can we please if paul is our example let yeah yeah he's faithful because the words of this song are perfect can this be a morning that we take this take this and run with it sing Sing with all of your heart. Lift your, your hands. Stay afterward. fellowship. Drink coffee. Drink tea. Do whatever you have to do. Get to someone. Say hello. Pray for them if they've got an ailment. But the, the words of this song talk about power. The words of this song talk about his faithfulness. And you know what? This song, this song should give us joy in Jesus' name. Hearts and minds healing brokenness. I feel a generation breaking through despair. I hear a
1: generation full of faith declared, and our song it will
0: be. Out of the darkness, we'll rise and sing. He's faithful. He's glorious, and He is
1: Jesus. No lie. Hope is in Him. He's free.